the College World Series Championship Edition Bowling Coach Scumbag episode of the Bottom Line Bombs on the Sports Gaming Podcast Network is brought to you by Bird Dog Shorts. Dominate summer with an amazing pair of shorts and a free Yeti-style tumbler when you order over at birddogs.com backslash pool. That's birddogs.com backslash pool. Now let's start it with music that's cleared for music. That one isn't. In the box, CJ Sullivan, your host. Why did I go so quickly with the man in the box? Welcome to the bottom of my bumps. I am your host, CJ Sullivan, the man in the box. I'm just trying to uh, get things going here. I'm extra, I'm extra boxy today because not only is uh, I in the box by myself producing, but uh, our man Crane is out in the mission, camping in Catalina, leaving us all out to dry. The only one who knows how to to do anything tech wise. So we're doing it. I was kidding. So welcome to Monday. What's today? Monday, June 26th. End of June already. Jesus Christ. Um, it is June bomb time. I should be tweeting. I don't know how to do it. I don't know how to promote myself at all. I need someone to help me. Let's see if they're let's see if they're reaching. There we go. Um Yeah, there we go. I'm turning it off. Uh, you know, I just got to concentrate on the show. I can't, I can't just, I can't focus on uh, all these other outside distractions because we have a big show. We have the college world series championship game. I'll give a bomb for that and a couple of baseball bombs. And we have an interview today. I have an interview. I already did. I did one. That I'm really the uh, 30 for 30 for American gladiators editor. Now I got another one. The big story. I have disgraced bowling coach from Stephen F. Austin, Steve Lemke. What a great story that is, if you don't know. Uh, he's a bowling coach for Stephen F. Austin, assistant coach. He had an affair with one of his students, and his wife is the head coach. And uh, this guy's a doozy. So we got him coming up later in the show. Um, we'll recap a little bit. And the NBA draft, of course. So the last show we gave out uh, some golf traveler championship bombs. Not as good as the U.S. Open. And we gave out some NBA draft bombs, the, the most unwatchable event I've ever seen. I've ever kind of saw, because I kind of watched it. Uh, the golf bombs will go real quick. They were, we went one to one. We, we faded Wyndham Clark after winning the U.S. Open and um, drinking a party. And we're, we tried one of those techniques again. We're like, wow, there's no way he could possibly play after being hung over. And then we realized, actually, he can. They're, they're fine. Professional athletes are fine. They're not like us. They bounce back. But he lost to Roy, not to Roy, to uh, Ricky Fowler. So we won that matchup, but we lost to Fitzpatrick. So he, he played better than we thought he was going to do. And he made the cut, so we lost that. And then we had the uh, NBA draft bombs. They also didn't do too great. We won. We hit, uh, let's see, which bombs did we hit? On that one. God damn. We hit uh, Taylor Hendricks. He got picked ninth. We went over eight and a half. We lost with Case and Wallace. Here's another thing with the NBA draft. I might as well get into it. Right off the top. Right off the top. <laughs> 
His over-under was a 12-and-a-half, 11-and-a-half. Depends on what you got. We went over, and he got taken 10th, so we lost. But here's the thing with the, with the NBA, and we talked about this with trades. He got drafted 10th, but he got immediately shipped to the 12th pick because it was Orlando and Oklahoma City, and they were doing tricks together, you know. They make the pick, and then they trade him to the 12th. So he was technically, technically, yes, he was drafted 10th, but he was lit- he's going to be picked as a 12th overall because NBA, the way they do their trade system, I almost had a curse there right, right from the top. For some reason, they 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 don't do it where they announce, okay, Orlando and Oklahoma City uh, have just traded picks. So now Oklahoma's going to pick 10th and Orlando's going to pick 12th. They don't do it that way. They make, the, they make the other team pick their guy for them, and then they trade afterwards after everything's said and done. It's so ridiculous. And it's confusing because they can't officially announce it. You're just hearing reports. Okay, Kaysen, so your Orlando took you, but I wouldn't get used to Mickey Mouse just yet. I'm hearing you're going to Oklahoma if you want to go to a cattle auction or something like that. That screws your prop bets, too. So he really was a 12th pick. But what are you going to do? Man, the silent box. No sound either. Oh, my God. All right. Hold on, guys. Thank you for coming in. Hold on one second there. I'm going to pause this show, get some sound. Colby D. Uh, let me see. Let me, let me get my man in here. Oops. This is a, not a good situation if there's no sound. Um. Good God. Man, the silent box. What if I just did do silent performances for you guys? All right. Hold on. Hold on. All right. Fixing it. Thank you. This is great. Calling it. No, sorry. I got no sound, apparently. They're just everyone's saying man in the silent box here. Give it up for, I'm, I'm, I'm talking to it, but I'll give it up for Dundee anyway. Dundee IT. What's it saying there? Now I'm talking that. Does that sound better? Does this sound better there, uh, listeners? Captain Insano. Cheers to beers. They're just saying no problem. Uh, all right. Let's see. What does it say? I mean, it's saying it's recording right there, right? Yeah. Hmm. Now we're going to thumb. All right. We got a thumbs up. We're good. I think. We're good. All right. There it is. Pick Dundee. Switching the speaker microphone. Like I said, it's a whole. F- Kramer goes to the goddamn Cantalinas. This whole place. The CEO's in there. On his, he doesn't know what's going on. He doesn't know how to fucking turn off the solitaire game on his computer, let alone a fucking soundboard. Anyway, all right, we're back. That's great. So that is been it was recorded in the actual podcast. So I, I apologize to anyone listening now, but live listeners, thank you. Now you're joining me. You missed nothing. Don't worry about it. You miss <laughs> you miss me rambling to myself, basically about how I can't uh, get anything done. Uh, but I will preview the show for everyone that did not hear the last seven minutes. Like I said. We split the golf bombs with Wyndham Clark being hungover. He lost Ricky Fowler, but he did beat Fitzpatrick, and we lost him missing the cut. Uh, NBA bombs we also chopped because of their shadiness with the trades. We talked about that. I'll talk about the NBA draft right after this rebreak. But 
I'm also previewing today. We have a live interview with scumbag bowling coach Stephen F. Austin. Steve uh, Lemke, I think his name is. The man who cheated. His wife was the head coach. He's the assistant bowling coach. He cheated on his wife with a, with a player, college student. And uh, his interview, his his quotes have been amazing. He, well, I'll get into that after the break. But uh, already it's been a chaotic mess of the top of his show. So thank you for, uh, yeah, thank you, Dundee is great for all commenters. Thank you for sticking with me here. Um, we'll preview, uh, I don't know what to say. Listen, I feel like Rory McIlroy. It's obsolete. What I'm doing now is obsolete. That's what Rory McIlroy said about the Travelers. Obsolete. Because he didn't win. <laughs> it is weird when those tournaments say people are going 25 and 30 on. There's like, the technology's too good. Yeah, it's not like you're, it's not like you're playing with wooden sticks, Rory. You're, you're part of the problem. I get it. Roy just lo- Roy just loves chirping up. He loves being the fucking just the the old man nagger, even though he's young. He's whining. Anyway, I love him. Uh, all right, so little mishaps up front there at the show. We come back after the break. We're gonna get into. I'll break down more why, why the NBA draft is unwatchable. Get into that bowling story. Then we'll have the interview with him, and then I'm gonna give out bombs for the College World Series championship game tonight, and a couple other major league baseball bombs. And uh, with that, we're gonna have a good show. We're going to do it. I got it. But first, of course, burn dogs. Bird dog shorts. They make you look good. Bird dog shorts. Stretch khaki shorts designed to fit slimmer through the thighs. They do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but fit way better. I always said, I always thought Lululemon was uh, like Tina Fey merch. I didn't realize that's an actual brand. I thought, I thought that was her cast, or Liz Lemon. That was her cast in 30 Rock. Anyway, uh, they fit way better regular shorts, made of stiff, restricting cotton. Stiff, restricting cotton. Three big words for the summer that you always need to do. They use anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. Imagine that study. The laboratories of testing out different products for stink sweat. Then they... Uh, you come in as a sample, get $50 a day to just sit on the couch, scratch yourself with your Xbox controller. Yeah, we're testing out the, st- <laughs> the stink sweat fabric. Anyway, Bird Dog. Bird Dog did all that so you don't have to. So now you go to birddogs.com backslash pool and enter promo code pool for free Yeti style tumbler with your order. That's birddogs.com backslash pool for free Yeti style tumbler. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. Well, if your summer's going good, you should take them off. Either, you know, either way, take them off at night, at the very least. That's all all I can say for you. That's all I can say for you. Anyway, we're back. Bottom line, Bob's welcome. Let's talk to some NBA drivers. Jesus, God, is that a long song? All right. <laughs> Constructed by the great Daniel Tosh, the comedian Daniel Tosh. Uh, no. I do think of the Tim Robinson's uh, Saturday Live skit, though. You ever said Tim Robinson's skit when he, him and Sudeikis they do Tash and his brother playing that song for NBC and he adds lyrics to it? It's like, bah, 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 basketball. It's very funny. Uh, I have not watched a new uh, season of I Think You Should Leave, but I'm sure it's great. Because uh, Tim Robinson's great. Anyway, watch it. <laughs> so NBA draft bombs. Like I said, we hit on a couple, but we lost. We lost most because of the shenanigans. 
But anyway, let's just talk about the NBA draft itself. It is so that was that was painful. That was one of the most unwatchable things ever. I knew going into it, I'm like, I mean, call me nostalgic, but I I missed the days when you knew who the hell anyone was getting drafted, and that you knew. I mean, overtime elite. What the fuck is what is this? I know it's a G League, and I get it, and I get it for the players. You know, the college system is messed up. You know, it's just free labor law and advertising. But like, you know, they play there barely a year. They even barely play now. Overtime elite is like an edit, camera like editing company or something. Now there's like league that have like the best players in the world going. Oh, okay. When beyond, I I know we don't even see. I mean, I, I I know he's a freak and all, but. But even the college players, I don't know who the fuck they were. None of the good co- players that anyone knew, like all the three best players. I, I, that's what's amazing to me too. Like Drew Timmy, a big guy from UConn, and everyone just like, yeah, worthless. Those skills are worthless in the NBA. We unless you could jack fifty foot threes and space out, that's all we care about. That's not a good sign, I don't think, for the NBA. But this trip, this thing was unwatchable. They use. They used. I'll, I'll give. I'll give. I'll give ESPN this. The NBA draft is not the NFL draft, and for a while they tried to make it like that, and it's just not the same. They have like Jay Billis's best available. And there's like four guys, <laughs> like best available. There's only two rounds, you know, and we're already we're already checked out by mid first round. No one knows who it is. And no one cares either. They're not even going to make the team. Or they will in the second round, but whatever. But the best available, all that shit. No one follows any of these guys. So they scrapped that. They scrapped All right, let's forget. Let's let's not act like it's a draft where anyone knows anything. Now let's just make it all about the story. So the other, you can't just have all of one thing. You got to have a balance of a draft. Who should they take? Did they make mistakes? See, we want a great draft. We want to say who made mistakes, but we don't know about any of these things. All right, now let's hear about the players. Let's get their personal stories. But they did it for everyone. No grading, all personal stories. All sappy exposés, parents' interviews on the couch, a whole thing. It looked like one of the most miserable places to be. It looked like an eighth grade, like like an eighth grade graduation. I don't know what it was. And it's just parents on the couch. And it was like propaganda. I didn't even get any fun suits. The only fun suit came from a white guy. What the fuck was the? What kind of draft is this where the white guy had the funkiest suit? A dude from Kansas who had ruby red slippers for Dorothy, Wizard of Oz. I like how he had, expl- he had explained his bit, you know. That's for Dorothy. Can- yeah, we get it. You're from Kansas. All right. You look like more like a color me bad guy, but all right. Fair, fair enough. Um, so then you have Stephen A. Smith. I mean, enough with the fucking Stephen A. Smith. Him and Fat Joe are up there. Fat, Fat Joe's doing a 20-minute segment. What is going on? He funds a Rucker League team? Might as well. He seemed like an expert compared to everyone. And I like any time they talk anything, any kind of journalism there, they just get crushed on Twitter. Malika Andrews, she gets slammed on Twitter anytime she brings up a negative, any kind of negative. So what are you not going to talk about? The Alabama Canal, you got who's in a murder case? You just not going to talk about it? This is Brandon Miller's day. How dare you bring that up? <sighs> Sorry for ruining your prom. That's all it is. It's like a prom. 
You just want they. She gets she gets hurt by black Twitter for wanting to bring a black man down, bring a black man down on his day. Had to bring up the murder, didn't you? Get over it already. The victim did. The victim. You don't hear the victim talking about it. the victim's dead. Anyway. <laughs> So then it just becomes propaganda for this fucking basketball. And like, no one knows who cares. It was, it was just so painful. And let's get the clock going. My God, it was like 20 minutes in between picks. And I we got I the, the big move on uh, the big move was that number two pick between Brandon Miller and uh and Scoot. <laughs> what a great name, Scoot. I don't know if you can be a good basketball player with the name Scoot, but Scoot better shoot. Uh, Scoot and Brandon Miller. And we got Swade going back and forth, the lines. Then Shams tweeted out that they that the Hornets are eh, still up in the air, a lot of momentum. They still haven't chosen. What the bullshit they haven't chosen. And then the Scoots went to fucking like minus 500 again. And then, of course, they went with Brandon Miller. Oh, because Brandon Miller said he thought Paul George, he said he... <laughs> The lines actually moved because Brandon Miller joked around and said Michael Jordan's old and he airballed a free throw. So they think Jordan's just going to hate him. First of all, how is Jordan even still involved in these picks? All his picks have been terrible. He sold a team, but like, ah, I'm just going to hang around and ruin this thing. Amazing. We love saying how rigged the NBA is for like TV rights. You know, they want to make the best show possible. And... Yes, they do want ratings and all that. I don't think they rig it so much like that. They kind of want to influence some things, but this is an event they definitely rig for TV ratings. And this is the op- opportunity we didn't, and we and we fell for it. Of course, they want them to think that there's something like there's still a possibility they haven't made a decision with the number two pick, so to make it compelling. So you have to watch it because you knew Vembiyama going number one. So they put the story out there that they still haven't made up their mind? What what the fuck have they been doing for the last three months? Oh, God, we're on the clock. Did anyone anyone scout these guys? All right, flip the coin. Murderer or non-murderer? Murderer. Heads murderer. Let's do it. Not to bring up the murder. Not to to be (laughs) Malika Andrews about this situation. But my point is... I. There's no way they didn't know who they were taking that day or that week. or This is impossible. And we fell for this game. I fell for this game. I had scoots minus 200. But that was beforehand when things were switching and I don't know. But I did love that narrative of Michael Jordan was just going to spite it. And they would watch party. I, I, don't, I can't believe it was a watch party for... Uh, For the Hornets and they all booed the pick. Why? Why do you? I mean, I guess I don't know. They wanted scoots. Hey, you want scoots? You want scoots? Anyway, this is the bottom line bombs. Like I said, that was the NBA. Let's get past that. I want to move forward in today's show because we have a fun show today. Uh, <laughs> I had the bowling coach interview coming up after the break. If you don't know the story, let me get this real quick. And then, of course, I'm giving out the baseball bombs for the College World Series tonight and a man in a box to wrap it up. But first, let me talk about the Stephen F. Austin story if you haven't heard about it. Scumbag bowling coach. His name is uh, Steve Lemke. He's 38. Um, 
just the, the headlines alone are worth it for this story. He got fired. He had an affair with a player on his team that his wife coached. So the wife was the head coach. He was the assistant coach. He slept with a teammate. They had head coaches, Amber. And, uh, but what made the story even worse is this guy, this guy, Steve, who I have an interview with coming up after the break. Get ready. His quotes are, he's just so self-assured cocky for no fucking reason. He's 38, married to head coach Amber. Resign, he had to resign April 10th. He said after he said after he was caught, I knew it was kind of a no-no, but there's not a rule saying it can't happen. There's not a law saying I'm going to jail for doing something like this. There's nothing in stone, nothing in stone. Like it's a Bible. I guess it's just an ethics code, I guess, you know, like we frown upon it. But that but there's no rule. No law broken. Don't worry, everybody. <laughs> Like George Costanza, you know, when he was slept with the cleaning lady. He's like, was that was that wrong? Tell me why I tell you slept with the cleaning lady. Yeah, was that wrong? Because so, so I didn't see any of that in the rules. Yeah, no, yeah, you can't do that. This is asshole saying, let nothing set in stone. Uh surprisingly, Steve and Amber have filed uh since filed for divorce. She's been publicly humiliated. This poor woman. Uh the AD said Lemke. Any athlete, any student athlete, are two consenting adults. And first of all, that I mean, although consensual sexual relations between faculty and students at the college level are not prohibited under state law, they have to keep saying under state law. This is in Texas, either. There's a four-year teaching and research university. Blah blah blah. Um, it's pretty funny. When asked how Steve Steve said when he, the affair was discovered, when Amber saw text messages from her from the from the student on his phone. Obviously. That's a, the phone always gets you. Steve said of the text, I didn't have anything in detail. You know, nothing explicit. It was just about how amazing I am. Basically in a general perspective. Yeah, well, that'll get that'll get the wife even more suspicious than a sexting message. <laughs> I bet a, a, if, a, if a woman or a girl texts you telling you how great of a person you are, the wife will be more upset about that, I think, than in a fucking nude photo. Because who the hell thinks you're a good guy? That's that's not right. Um, Amber saw that question to me, and I got to the point where I just, I just built up so much, I basically told her the truth, and she dug through my phone, I'm sure. To, and the best is I bet this fucking scumbag coach thinks his student's going to be waiting for him, like they're going to run off. And then he goes on to complain. This is, a, this is, this is where he gets This is where this became a national story, too. I was a stay-at-home dad for five years with the kids while Amber got to go off and coach the team. And when she get back, I'd run practices on top of taking care of the kids while she was back. Oh, my God. Mr. Mom. Just <laughs> bitching how he has to look at, has to watch his own children. When they travel again, I'd sit back and take care of the kids. Then when I got hired on, she almost forced me to run practice. I was a volunteer the entire time before that trying to help out Amber. Once I got hired on, once things stemmed from one thing stemmed from another, felt like I was doing too much for what I was being valued at. Oh my God. He's just completely talking about his marriage. <laughs> this has nothing to do with the value as a as a coach, as an assistant bowling coach. For the lady, uh, what are they called? 
They're a good bowling team, by the way. They won two national championships. Steve was a volunteer assistant until 2019. Fisher hires assistant coach. I guess there was nepotism rules. I mean, how can you not have... My wife would even hire me as an assistant coach. Because she knew. She's not... He's not working here anymore. That's great. He had a choice. He had to resign. That's a quote. Amber has coached women's bowling. She still is. Two national titles. Two second place finishes. She's great. The school said, as soon as we found out, we support our student athletes, obviously. And, and student athletes, there was. And obviously, Amber... With what's going on, <laughs> meaning yes, we as we as a school have defended, we defend the woman in this one because he is a piece of shit. Um, I love his whole attitude. What was that? It's not like a set in stone. You can't have sex with a student anymore without all these newspaper writers coming. In. It's not the '60s and '70s where you know teachers sleeping with professors or philosophy professors smoking a joint together. You just can't. I mean, especially when this whole guy, it's a whole power dynamic. If is is what they say now, the problematics. I mean, you are it's a coach and student. How could you not think that's wrong? (laughs) What goes on? Although bowling alleys, I mean. Just Stephen F. I need a Stephen F. Austin bowling shirt. Gutterball, the, the headlines, that's what I'm enjoying too. One is like uh, spare relationship. Splits a, <laughs> splits a marriage and puts it into the gutterballs. This guy's just incredible. So luckily, I did my research team. Here are the bottom line bombs for you see generates. I went out and I scored an interview. With the uh, with this coach Steve Lemke, I mean he's he's a hard guy to track down. Everyone wants a piece of this guy. He's enemy number one, so of course he wants to come to bottom line bombs and SGPN. So I'm going to uh, now that I set that up, take a quick ad read. I'll come back, couple commercials, and when we come back, I'm going to go to that interview with Steve Lemke, the Stephen F. Austin bowling coach. But first. Let me tell you about Underdog Fantasy that we're brought to you. Best Ball Mania 4 is here, and Underdog Fantasy is giving away $15 million in prizes. What? How's Underdog Fantasy? Saudi Arabia backed this fucking website? You're supposed to curse during an ad read? Underdog Pick'em is also a great way to get down your favorite MLB and college baseball player props. So many ways to win over on Underdog and Active in so many states. So head over to underdogfantasy.com. And use promo code SGPN for a 100% deposit bonus up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. And we are back to the bottom line bombs. Thank you for going through and suffering through all that. Enduring C-Generates. All the ads that's coming up. But now, now I want to get into um, what I teased the top of the show, and that is the interview I have with said bowling coach of Stephen F. Austin, Steve Lemke, the scumbag himself, the gutter baller. Um, I'm going to show it right. We, I recorded this early. He couldn't come in live. Thank God, because of the way the tech work has been happening. Um, but with that being said, this weekend, from an undisclosed location, because I think he might be in hiding right now, uh, Steve Lemke. Here's my interview. The man in the box, you just saw him. 
with disgraced gutterball bowling coach and cheater, Steve Lemke. Where's this Steve Lemke? Steve, how you doing? That's, that's right. Steve Lemke. Thank you. Oh. Yeah. <sighs> CJ, I, you know, uh, thank you for having me on the show to try and set the record straight. Uh, I'm obviously struggling. You know, it doesn't matter. What I'm finding out is it doesn't matter what heights you've achieved in the ladies bowling alley. <laughs> It doesn't right. matter what accolades have been signed your way. It doesn't matter. Everything you've accomplished in life, you fuck one student. Mm. And it all goes out the window. I, well, I mean, the, <laughs> that's one way of putting it. You're definitely taking uh, taking uh, abuse here in the press. That's why I wanted to get you on, get your side of the story here. Mm-hmm. You, uh, you're, you're an assistant coach um, mm-hmm. to the Stephen F. Austin bowling team. Uh, your wife... Amber mm-hmm. Lemke uh, is the head coach, and you mm-hmm. worked you worked underneath her. And of course, the story is you had an affair with one of your players and your students, uh, and uh, yes. that came that came out in public. Okay, right. That and then and you and now, uh, but what made the story even bigger is uh, some of your quotes. You don't. It seems like you don't even think there's anything really wrong with what you've done. You know, it says uh, you were quoted as saying. You knew it was a kind of a no-no, but there's no rules saying it can't happen, and there's no law. You're not going to jail for doing something like this. Nothing in stone, I believe, is what you said. Correct. Thank you. Nothing has been written in stone about this. And I, re- you know, mm-hmm. when it was discovered, and my wife is, of course, freaking out, okay, that yeah. I'm fucking one of our students. Yeah. I and, mm-hmm. you know, it obviously, I didn't expect it to not have any implications to our marriage. But then she's like, Steve. I'm getting ready to coach the next day. She's like, you can't coach anymore. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I mean, we understand she's over 17. <laughs> and I, I, I went yeah, in front yeah, of the board, right. the board. And I was like, I, I think there's a misunderstanding here, everyone. Mm, I think right. you think I'm fucking a child. I am not. She is over 17. So obviously we can conclude this meeting and I will get back to coaching. Uh, so you think you just could have cut right. You think nothing really bad should happen. You should have hopped right back in there. You the student you're having an affair with and your wife, the head coach of uh, both the player and uh, you as a, an assistant. Coach. I, I mean, I all could have got together. Fine. Correct. You know, we're all professionals. You know, we, we, uh, <laughs> once we get inside the lanes, all those problems can go away. So that's you, no big exactly deal. In my opinion, you stay inside the gutters, if you will, um, <laughs> inside the gutters. Thank you. <laughs> right. Now, how is how is the relationship with the wife at home there now? How how did this go about? How did she find out about this uh, relationship and how she, how are you guys treating now? So this is what I will say for any listeners out there who are thinking about having an affair with a much younger uh-huh. woman. Right. What I am going to tell you right now is they're going to want to talk to you on, through technology that you don't understand, and it is eventually going to get you in trouble. Okay, because. <laughs> They're going to do the, it's called sexting, CJ. Okay. Sexting. And they send All you right. these. I've heard about this. You feel real good about yourself when you get these kind of messages. Okay. You, you feel valued. You feel like a man for the first time in a long time. <laughs> and you tell yourself you got to delete these messages because your, your wife yeah. or kids might find them, but you just, you're not going to have the discipline to do it. You are not going to have right. the discipline to do it. So I think what I would tell, and that is how I got caught. My wife sees yeah, these messages. It, yeah. Since she saw some messages on the phone. Obviously, from her, and uh, were they uh, graphic and detailed? Is that what happened? That would, that would, uh... They were more just about my general greatness, you know, my, um, my greatness as a coach, as a lover, and um, just feeling valued like that, 
made me happy, you know? So, uh, sure. I don't know. Maybe I left it out. It was a normal, it was a normal text that a college uh, co-ed girl would text a 30, you know, a 38 year old bowling coach from Texas. How great he is. Correct. So my wife finds out and it becomes this big to do. And now I am (laughs) this program that I helped build. That's the other thing that it's all like, I'm just feel like this is all coming out of left field. I don't feel people realize while my wife was gallivanting around this country, coaching Mm -hmm. this team, I sometimes watched our kids. Like I cooked (laughs) breakfast for our kids. Do you know how few dads can say that? So you, you I think most women, if you, if you were to go to, to most women in Texas and you were to say, I'm going to offer you a husband who understands the game of bowling inside and out and will occasionally <laughs> cook breakfast for the kids, right. they would take that and, and they would even be willing to tolerate an affair or two to have that kind of a husband in their corner. I mean, it, you do sound like kind of a catch. I would imagine in Texas there's some uh, hard to come by. But, like, uh, so you kind of deserve this. You said you were home for five years. She's out ta- gallivanting mm-hmm. all around the Southwest, winning national mm-hmm. championships with bowling, a program, and you weren't even a, uh, an official assistant coach yet, right? She wouldn't hire you on. Is that right? That's correct. Ah, that is a slap. So I was wearing pro bono of my own time just to help the team, you know, mm-hmm. just for the love of the game. And uh, I really just don't feel – where this is coming from. And, uh, you know, I, um, I'm thinking about doing a career change now. Uh, <laughs> I think I'm, I, I need to go into a, take all of my knowledge, but go into a sport where the ethos is more similar to what, so I think I'm, I'm going to take a, uh, going to start coaching women's, uh, darts is what I'm going to do. That's just because yeah. bo- bowling, it seemed to overwhelm you a bit, running the practices and the mm-hmm. kids at home. I can't imagine all the commotion that a bowling practice entails. Now you want to get into to women's darts. Is that big in Texas? It is not big in Texas. I'm thinking about, I, I, uh, I just read that Scotland, it's huge in Scotland, and mm-hmm. their age of consent is only 14 over there. So um, I think they have like, a, like an ethics that, that, <laughs> right. that, that aligns with mine more. Yeah, they have a lower drinking age, too. I'm sure that helps with uh, that department and darts, I guess, as well. Um, well, the fir- I mean, uh, any bowling coach, the first lesson any bowling coach will ever tell you is uh, they say, hey, if you're going to make a career out of this, what you need to do right now <laughs> is you need to get a good DUI lawyer on retainer. You know, that's like bowling 101 lessons. Well, we de- I, I definitely think that might be a good idea of leaving the country because uh, – as your as the as the general public agrees and your school, Stephen F. Boston, the, the the quote they said, as soon as we found out, they fired you. They went through the process. They support their student op- athletes, and here's the money quote. And obviously, Amber with what's going on. So Amber's still the coach there, and I think uh, there's nowhere in America they're going to want to hire you. So maybe a fresh start in Scotland sounds good. I think so. Um, you know, I think this is only the beginning of a new story. I think you're going to see me on top. Of some sort of billiard sport uh, again in the future. Mm-hmm. All right, <laughs> I like that. Is there any final words you want to tell our listeners or anyone that can defend you, uh, Steve Lemke, the disgraced bowling coach of Stephen F. Austin, who George Costanza's way to a fair did not think it was uh, wrong to do so? Is there anything you want to say that maybe defends yourself? You know, the only thing you know, I would just like to give some advice uh, for some dads out there. Mm-hmm. Just that if you really are thinking about having an affair, you really need to tighten up your telecommunication security. <laughs> and I would recommend either a wholly new phone or yeah. maybe trying to be romantic about it and leaving little letters 
or something like that. But do not use your same phone to talk to a student that you're having an affair with. Have a separate affair phone and a separate bowling phone and maybe a family phone, something of that nature. That would. Yes, I would highly recommend that. All right. Well, or it, 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 it could just de- it could de- collapse your whole legacy. It could destroy your life. <laughs> you just buy buy the second cell phone. I know it's a lot of money, but buy the second cell phone. Right, right into the gutter. But now you can do that as you uh, as as the headline said, your spare relationship caused an awkward split. So uh, good luck to you in the future, there, Coach uh, Lemke. Thank you, CJ, and thank you for uh, allowing me to present my side of the case. <laughs> Here it is. Look at that. <laughs> Thank you, Steve Lemke, bowling coach, Stephen F. Austin, scumbag, gutter baller, um, played by the great Sean Flannery, I should say. Just for le- for legal purposes, that was not actually the head coach. of, uh, But good advice anyway. But getting the phone and the tech issues, that's where a lot of these things uh, get messed up. But no, that was... Uh, Great comedian Sean Flannery, who I do a podcast with called The Blackout Diary. So everyone who is watching and listening now here to the Bottom Line Bombs, I know you're subscribed to this show. I know you listen to this show. But also go ahead and subscribe to The Blackout Diaries. Find out anywhere where pods are told, just like you found this one. It's my other show. It's Drinking Story Show. It's hilarious. With And that is the great Sean Flannery. You can also get his book. Places I can't return to. Sean Flannery, anywhere you can buy books online like that. Anyway, so we are back. Uh, that was a little peek inside the, the box at home. Did you see my box at home with the piano back there and the beautiful tapestry? That, of course, was also fake, too. That was a fake virtual background that I... <laughs> you can t- I think I, I, when some of the backgrounds look good, then it gets a spotty green spines bot. Like, oh, okay, you're all lying to me. I can't show you all the box. I have a lot of boxes. I live in. I wish my box was just trying to get bigger boxes before we get to the final box. Anyway, all right. So we are back to the bottom line bombs. It's time to give out some bombs now that we covered that bowling story. And I think I've walked all the live listeners. Everyone's gone in. But if you are here, hit like and subscribe. Definitely hit the like button. So, all right, let's get into the uh, couple baseball bombs and the College World Series, which is tonight. First, a quick MLB bombs. I'm just give out two. Not too much analysis. Um, Cincinnati Reds and Baltimore play a great series. Two fun teams. I love these Reds. They almost pulled that series out versus the Braves. The Braves are a machine right now. I uh, gave out. I don't know if I gave out, but I told you. I have Cincinnati Reds 18-1 to 1 to win that division. They were 100-1 to 1 at the beginning of the year. Uh, you can't find that number now, obviously. Um, then they're like 300-1, to 101 to win the NL. Who knows? They're a young team. Yeah, they're supposed to be bad, but with these new rules... I mean, they're just stealing. They just take advantage of all these new rules. And it's running. Half of the baseball world just can't believe people that baseball teams are running in general. When you see someone running on a baseball field, it just seems off-putting. Usually, the only time you see anyone running on a baseball field is a is a drunk from the stands who hops the fence and just wants to do zigzags with the security. So when baseball players are running, it's just weird. Like why 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 are they running? I thought that sport didn't have any running. And the Reds are running all over the place, and uh, they're they're hot. Baltimore's also a nice hot, uh, nice team, but uh, so I'm not going to pick a side in this game. Both of the uh, worst pitchers are going. It's uh, Brandon Williamson and Cole Irvin. Cole Irvin for Baltimore, Brent Williamson for the Reds. Uh, they're both uh, not great, and their numbers are pretty bad. I so I lo- I do like the over in this game. Two hot teams, two hot offenses. The overs it was nine and a half. Now it's ten. 
but I like this one a lot. Let's do Cincinnati, Baltimore over 10. And running. There's going to be people running around. Um, real quick, no analysis on this. I also like Seattle over Washington today. The run line is minus 125, so you can bomb that. That is uh, Trevor Williams versus Luis Castillo. I just like Castillo at home, Seattle. Washington just had a big series in San Diego, which they played great. They beat the Padres. I mean, they sweep the Padres? They might have. I don't know. They played great. So now they have that Monday night game in Seattle. No one, no one likes that trip up to Seattle on a Monday night after a weekend in San Diego. Trust me. It's brutal, but you got to get out there. Uh, so those are two Major League Baseball bombs to throw out there for tonight's games. Tonight's on Mondays. If you're listening Tuesday, I'm sorry. Again, I apologize as well if you're missing this because the College World Series championship game is finally tonight. LSU versus Florida. You like that? You like that? And whoever wins tonight will be the champion. <laughs> I say that because of the College World Series. It's that's you never know. College World Series has been going on for like a month, and I never know how the fucking system works. Why did I just curse right there? It starts off with a triple elimination. There's like 40 teams, and then there's a double elimination with eight teams, and then there's another team. Like, I've seen LSU lose like seven times. And here they are if they win tonight, they're the champion. Okay, whatever. They lost 24 to four years. They lost by 20 runs. And they could be the champions tonight. Oh, what's going Whatever. <laughs> right now, they have a minus seven run differential overall in the playoffs. And they could be the champions tonight. Hilarious. The line is, it started off around 130. It is... Now it's up to 155. The over-under is nine. Run line is minus, was plus 105. And the reason is because there's questioning if LSU has got a pitcher. Paul Skeens, I believe he is. He's like the number, he's going to be the number one pick. He's a beast. He's an ace. He threw like eight shutout innings a couple days ago versus Wake Forest. That's how they got here through extra innings. He has pitched, uh, that was 123 pitches, Paul Skeens. He's thrown 243 pitches over his last two starts in the last nine days. So they should not pitch him. But it's college baseball. It's SEC. It's LSU. It's down. There's no doubt they're going to have him go out there and pitch. They do not care about his physical well-being for the future and being in baseball. It's co- SEC, college sports, that's their MO. They look at you as property that they own, which they do. And, of course, these kids are going to say, well, how are you going to – they actually said, how are you going to test him? Well, if he tells me he feels good, of course he's going to say he feels good. He wants to win. He wants us to let – don't let his teammates down, but protect them. They will not. So let's use this to our advantage. Let's use this slave mentality of, of SEC sports to our advantage because it's unknown if he's – technically it's unknown, but we know it. Knowing history of this country – in the south, in the south, we know damn well they don't give a shit. They're gonna throw him out there until his arm falls off, and it is a number one prospect arm. So, with that being said, we're gonna give out LSU minus one fifty five. Bomb that! Now, I don't think Paul Skeens will throw the entire game, but 
it could be a bum garner situation where they just pull him in the third inning and say, hey, till, hey, till he says it's good enough. He yelled at me. And, All right, what can we do? The run line might be tricky, although they are coming off just losing by 20 runs. So it's kind of embarrassing. And this is, how, this is how baseball works. You see a team lose by 20, they come back, they win the next game 4-3. Colorado just did it versus the Angels. That was crazy. I turned that game on. Saturday night, the Angels scored 20 runs in two innings. And they won 25-1, to and then Colorado comes back and wins on Sunday. Those Angels are just a joke. Um... So let's give it out. I'll give it out a run line or two. Just uh, run line struck. Let's just stick with the LSU money line. LSU will be the champions of the College World Series. LSU minus one fifty five. Bomb that. Paul skeins to the arm to the skeins to the arm falls off, and that'll do. So plus those two, plus the over in the Orioles, uh, Reds game and Seattle run line versus the Nationals. Those are three. Those are three solid baseball bombs. And the Cos World Series will be over. The ping. I need a ping sound effect. That's the thing with it. Those aluminum bats. Oh my God. It's it that's almost it's almost gotten to the point like, okay, enough now. I mean, how are people not dying with these things? The ping does sound great. The ping is a hit, but like the sweet spot is up and down the bat. You're everywhere you hit's a sweet spot. I mean, these things are coming off like rockets. Like the athletes are so fucking strong that you can't you can't do this. Wooden bats, they should have to break off their own tree branch. They can't even... I can't believe they still allow aluminum bats in college world series with these guys. I can't believe in softball, women's softball, that they still make them pitch underhand. They've rifled it in like 90 miles an hour with those windmills. Just let them throw out of the overhand if they want. It's I don't know. That's what's crazy. I'd like to see Oklahoma women's softball play these, uh, play Wake Forest at least. That release point of softball, Jesus Christ. It's like five feet in front of you. They do that windmill, and the mound's like 10 feet in front. It's terrifying. Um, so you're going to have the College World Series tonight, uh, championship. We're going to go with LSU in the metal, the metal bats. And then after that, we have the hockey draft coming up on Wednesday. Maybe I'll get I'll give out some props for that. Noon Pacific, Monday and Wednesdays, live. Bottom line bombs. But other than that, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to do it. We're then we're gonna really buck up. Then it's literally just baseball. Until we, we'll give out some football stuff, and then pretty soon. So anyway, all right. With that being said, that's the show. Now let's go to the box. <laughs> Yes, welcome to the box. It's been a good show. I'm trying to keep this. This should be a tighter under an hour. These summer shows are struggling, but you know. All right, let's get to the box. There's a lot of stuff I wanted to talk about in the box today. Um, speaking of baseball, I went to the Dodgers game. They lost last night to the Astros. We went a week ago when they played the White Sox. We had a bunch of Chicago buddies in town. Ricky Carmona, Vince Avril, got to give him a shout out, even though he's for Detroiter. But he got us the tickets because he's a, he's just a ticket guy. You ever one of those guys? You need a guy in a friend group who's a ticket guy. He's a ticket guy. You got his tickets? Yeah, I got his tickets right now. Dials it up, takes care of it. He's he's gonna get you good seat. He knows where which seats he's experimenting. He wanted to experiment. He wanted us to experience it. We were front row in the outfield, left field for Clayton Kershaw bobblehead night. And let me tell you something. That is a commodity, Clayton Kershaw bobblehead. 
There's security by every gate to make sure no one's doing a hanky pet and messing around, stealing things. So we got one issue. As soon as we got to the stairwell, people were offering to buy it for a World Series ring, quote unquote, which was obviously a shady, shisty deal. I should have just asked him to talk about it just for the hell of it. But uh, I'm like, oh, man, that's really a thing. The doll is not even that great. And we, uh, Ricky, come on, had his White Sox gear on. I wore a Dodger shirt just to hope that because I knew we were going to get harassed with Ricky there to get some balanced stuff, even though I like the White Sox. Uh, but it didn't matter. They were, they were screaming at us and the whole thing. And uh, Ricky actually got his Kershaw bobblehead stolen during one of uh, Luis Robert's home runs. And we could have said something. We could have had a confrontation, or we could have got out of there and not get stabbed. And that's what we chose to do. We chose not to get stabbed. Here's the thing with Dodger Stadium. It's a beautiful stadium. Uh, you got to walk up a huge hill to get there. Uh, great backdrop. It's an older stadium, but it's still beautiful. I mean, it's in L.A. The, the, the stands and the fans, my theory is there's a scene. Every scene from the movie Training Day is happening in Dodger Stadium somewhere. At once, all at once, at one time. Like they're the nice seats, there's judges being bribed up in the upper deck. Uh, Ethan Hawks in a bathtub about to get shot in the outfield. Like every every separate scene of training day is happening in this Dodger game. There's people plotting assaults, everything. It's great. It's definitely exciting. Um, but yeah, there was a guy in our section drunk heckling, heckling everyone, heckling the cameraman, heckling us. We we yell back at them, and then what's the, what's the point? They they don't make any sense. Once once you get drunks on their side and drunks, ah, they just, they just, you can't you can't even fight back with them because they don't listen to reason. Security came down. They were front rudder heckling us. We're heckling back. Then security came down to the front row. Like right and right, you know, like to uh, just keep an eye on things, and they go, like, "Oh, looks like someone reported me." Because you know the, that one eight hundred number or whatever you can, te- or you can text a number to report unruly behavior. So then he goes, <laughs> he yells at me, he yells at us, like he thinks we reported him. Let's see, let me see your phone. He's acting to see my phone. This drunken fucking heckler. See my phone? What are you fuck? What are you, my wife? Are you crazy? I don't hand my phone over to anybody. So you know, some stranger, and you actually think we called, we snitched on you and called security? Do you hear how, see, drunks don't understand how loud they are. Do you hear how loud you are? Dave Roberts could have called, texted this number. I mean, security heard you from fucking five sections over. Jack Daniels snitched on you, sir. Okay? Not even Jack Daniels. He's more Evan Williams. He had a flask, a fireball, pint that he brought in there. First inning, I came in hot, drunk. Whatever. But I love that. Who snitched on me? Who snitched? That's, that's a typical drunk. Who told on me? You did. Do you not hear yourself? No, they don't. They do not hear themselves. Uh, Dodgers came back and won that game in extra innings. It was a nightmare. And then walking out of there was even worse. <laughs> because if you go the wrong way walking out of there, next thing you're on this lonely road in this canyon and cars are coming by throwing things at you because you're by yourself. Like, what the hell happened? Where was the 50,000 people that was just with me? Anyway, let's get into that was the, that was the Dodger game. I want to talk uh, some current event. Oh, man, there's all kinds of shit I can want to talk about. 
Ah, there's the Amazon. I'll save that for next show. The Amazon kids. That's a good one. The Marlin story with the sub. The sub. The last time I talked about the submarine, we all knew they were dead when that happened. So now, now <laughs> I knew what it, knew what happened. The aftermath. We kind of just disposed of that story. The submarine story it was such a great story for while it happened. Like I said, because of not because people were dying, but the the way they're doing. It. Everything was just so funny about it. submarines. Trying to see the Titanic, you know, Xbox controller, rich people, billionaires doing a three hour tour. It was just amazing in a fucking minivan with no safety regulation, no regulation. No one, no one even like checked on it. And that's the aftermath. Now, murky regulations for deep, deep, deep sea fishing or uh, discovery is being questioned now. Murky regulations. And I said this before. I said this last week. Yeah, no, there are no regulations for the deep sea discovery for these tour things because we don't – it doesn't affect anyone but rich people doing this for their entertainment. So if this is what you want to do for your money, it's just like private planes. Yeah, I mean there's – no one's really enforcing it. If you want to do a fucking 180, five feet above the ground on this private island that you own, go for it, Roy Halliday, and die. And you can die and, you know – because that's what you want to do with your money. No one's going to stop you because no one else does this. So what's the point of having these regulations where no one's going to, no one's going to stop you from doing it? You just what you want to do, fine. Now the deep sea is a little different because now we have to send rescue people for you, but we can just half-ass that, you know. We'll throw a <laughs> we'll throw a few carp down there, see if they can find you. But that's about it. Um, but I also said the whole the whole ocean itself we should not be messing with. They're kind of they're battling back. There's stories about orcas uh, knocking over yachts. There's uh... <laughs> I know. Oh, so welcome XL to the comments in there. It says back to back Roy Holiday drops. I know. Well, Roy Holiday. There's also I mean there's 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 you can go down the list X with the, the baseball. With millionaires with their private planes, Corey Lytle. Remember when he he flew his plane into a uh, into a building. He was a Yankee. That's a fun thing to say on the golf course when you miss your putt left. You go, that's a dead. That's a Thurman Munson. You go, what's that? A dead Yank. <laughs> and now you say Corey Lytle. That's the updated version. But people not not as not as famous as Thurman Munson. Thurman Munson's the perfect perfect plane crash one. Um, so yeah, so now the so the deep sea with the regulations, like I said, we shouldn't even be down there in the water. I don't trust anything that happens in the water, and sometimes they like to remind you. It's just the opposite of what we do. They breathe water and su oxygen suffocates them. We're the opposite. It goes down, we go up. That's why I love that saying: "A fish out of water." We're like, ah, it's a fish out of water. This guy just trying to blend in. You know, I'm in a new town. No, a fish out of water is a guy who's dying. He's suffocating, flapping around. Look at that bird, that fish flapping around. No, he's he's looking for, a, he's looking to breathe water. Anyway. I like this story. I'll tell this story before I get out of here. There was a uh, a fishing crew. Oh, fishing story. The fishing competitions are always amazing to me too because there's some kind of honor. There's people who cheat at it all the time. We've broken that down because like, you um, 
you have to go out there. You go on the boat and you come back and you, and you weigh the fish. So there was this marlin competition. This boat was going to win three and a half million dollars. Which who was funding this shit? That sounds very southern too. This had to be like in the Carolina, like these southern cities. Yeah, it's North Carolina, of course it is. There's so much money there. No one knows where the fuck it comes from. I mean, it's all this old. It's old money. Obviously, they don't make anything. These southern cities, but they just have old fucking. Plantation money or whatever the hell it comes. Who knows where this shit comes from? Anyway, there was a Marlin competition coming, and they were going to win three and a half million dollars. Amazing! They come back, places going nuts. It weighed six hundred twenty pounds, and uh, there's video of it. I was like, yeah, yeah, they're all cheer. They're coming back in like they're Clooney and Walbert coming back in from the storm, but it's to catch fucking fish, and then it got. They put it up there and it got disqualified. It's an amazing footage. They, 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 this boat, it got disqualified because the marlin had a shark bite in it. And it was just a perfect imprint of a shark teeth. It wasn't even, he just, just, you know, just got a little nibble at it, you know? So when I saw that, like, it disqualified because a shark bit it. I'm thinking, oh, did, that go to, did it make it go under the weight? No, it didn't. It still weighed like 80 pounds more than the next fish. So they, that wasn't the case. But the rule is the fish has to be whole because of any kind of mutilation, as it says, prior to the landing or boating to catch caused by sharks, other fish, mammals, or propellers that penetrate the flesh. That's the official rule. It's because it's, you're, not, you're not putting up the fairest fight. That's what they're saying. Oh, yeah, you caught a fish, but a shark already started it for you. He was barely, he was weak. He wasn't, fight, he wasn't fighting until his, you know, at 100%. So that's the that's like the sporting of it. That's how, that's what I consider it a sport. Yeah, you caught it, but you know, he was missing some organs. It's like, <laughs> oh man, it's almost like that Carson Wentz hunting story. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you respect the animal, but. Did you use a bow and arrow and put a selfie with it? So and then so they're so they're they're pissed. They have to. They can't believe it. it was almost about to win three and a half million. So what, I love telling people like, yeah, uh, about that money. You're not going to get that money, and also that last month you spent out at sea was worthless. You did it for absolutely no reason because a shark got a little got a little snack bite in there, and you fought. You basically fought a. <laughs> now I'm getting really bad. I mean, you, yeah, you basically fought a, a handicapped marlin. You know what I mean? It was basically, I mean, you might as well get one off of a wheelchair for crying out loud. Um, so now you have now they're suing, of course, because they say an interpretation of the rules of mutilation, uh, the sensation boat, which the theme team took his name. We're at big rock landing, finding out, jump on board, start poking around, and they're like, "Oh well, this seems to be an issue." This looks like a shark bite. I can tell you from the bottom of my heart, nobody in a boat ever saw a shark. The bottom of my heart. Anytime someone says the bottom of their heart, they know they're on the wrong side. Um, <laughs> but I like a prodding around. Oh, looks like a little shark got into it. Nothing to do. Um, but I do love reminders, and I love a shark being a reminder. And these whales knocking over boats. Like, get the f- Stay the fuck out of our world. Stop bringing things up. Stop making glass. I mean, you have to make a glass boat to see us, to look at us. And these, these 
cages, like, oh, whale watching, observatory, like. I also like Jim James Cameron being the spokesman for what what James Cameron's the ultimate asshole. What I would have done, uh, like he thinks he's better than everyone in the room, smartest guy in the room. Just talking, he's just talking shit about this submarine thing about how unskilled they were. Oh, the problem was they didn't know what they're doing. They're fucking skilled around. They weren't like me, the movie guy who made nine avatars at once that nobody wants, but we're going to see it regardless. Yeah, I took about 30 missions down to that Titanic, just some for editing, just some to get my own recording in there, you know. Yeah, and these guys are just terrible at what they do. Unlike me, you can do it all under the sea. And... <laughs> that Avatar. That Avatar, too. It's fine. You know what I liked about the Avatar? Like, uh... <laughs> It's like, oh, now they're the water people, and it's gonna be the hail people and the snow fucking blue people. They're in the sequel. If you haven't seen the sequel, uh, and if you haven't seen the first one, don't worry about it. it. It won't affect you at all. There's nothing. There's you're not missing anything, and you'll be right on brand with it. <laughs> the Avatar water people. Um, yeah. So the second, so the second one, the the the, the forest Avatar people, blue people have to go to the water people. And join them. And they get hazed at first. Like, they don't like each other. They have a rivalry. And, like, you know, obviously they're trying to do a thing with the races. The metaphor, the metaphors are pretty, pretty clear. <laughs> they're not really hiding anything. And so, like, you know, they're like, ah, I don't like them. And they're whipping each other because their tails are longer. Like, okay, could you, can you guys really survive in a planet that don't like each other? How about you have a com? you guys have a common enemy with humans, right? We're trying to take over your planet. We have to do ribbing. Like, ah, I don't trust these guys. They're the forest blue people. All right, get over it because because uh, the military is coming over to take over your entire world. Anyway, it's still a fine movie. It's, a, it's, a, it's more like a video game more than anything. Um, <laughs> oh, God, that's great. He's right. Jurassic Park. Captain Insano says your scientists were so pre preoccupied with whether or not they could. They didn't stop to think if they should. And then all of us, no, you probably should. Um, we didn't. We didn't learn. Speaking of Jurassic Park, I was, uh, we went to, I went to City Walk last night, Universal Studios, and we, in the garage there was Jurassic Parking. I like a good, I like a good pun for a parking garage. In a couple of weeks, I'll be in Vegas at the Circuit Casino for their football, enter the football contest. And their garage is called the Garage Mahal. Maybe the best pun nicknames of all. But that is going to do it for today's Bottom Line Bombs, right? Oh, Jesus. We're still at an hour. I thought I had a short show today. And I'm still at an hour. But I do want to thank everyone who came in to the live YouTube experience. And XL, welcome to the YouTube comments. What's up in that community? Make sure you hit like on the YouTube button if you're watching. And subscribe, of course. Uh, Spotify, anywhere you can find us. Give a review. Five stars, one star. I don't give a shit. Write a review, though. Get the internet, get the algorithms going. We got to get this. That's what I need. It's the only thing I ask. I give out these free bombs that hit. Only give out a fucking ninety to one winner. Why am I cursing for no reason? All I ask is for some reviews and things like that of that nature. Uh, I want to thank the Stephen F. Austin bowling coach. 
Steve Lemke, the scumbag gutterballer himself, a.k.a. Sean Flannery. Again, make sure to subscribe to Blackout Diaries, our other podcast about drinking storytelling. And his book, Places You Can't Return To. Hilarious. Thank you for that great interview we did. Um, everything else, thank you for all the commenters coming along for the ride. Follow me on the Instagrams there. That's been scrolling. CJ Sullivan was taken or Twitter at CJ Sullivan underscore. Um, like I said, yeah, just subscribe and keep this thing going. We're going to get through this summer. We're going to get the football. We're going to get the camps. We're going to do it all. Back to the theme songs. Back to the theme songs.